And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I am Dan Elmendorf. Joining me on the phone line today is Dr. John Vance. And Pastor Vance, it's great to have you on with us today. It's my privilege. We continue to feel some stress here in American culture, Pastor Vance. Uh, It seems that some of the assumptions we had about what's right and wrong um, are kind of thrown out the window by by many uh, in the media and in positions of power. But that doesn't mean that God's standards have changed. So I know that you reflect on these things a lot. So could you guide our thinking today a little bit about this uh, cultural moment? A culture seems to be where the issues are today. Uh, um, we have confusion in our politics and a lot of hostility in our pod- politics, as you well know. And there are people who say that we're already in a civil war and that the best thing that could happen would be the country to be divided. So you can see how uh, crucial uh, uh, things are when we talk of politics that way. But something that's deeper than politics, of course, is culture. And something that's deeper than culture is is uh, faith in God. But uh, we center on our culture because we know that our, our politics is a product of our culture, and our cultural values today and standards are in total confusion. Uh, traditional values have become an enemy. Uh, for many in in uh, places of power and and influence, and uh, so therefore, uh, Francis Schaeffer, a long time ago, the evangelical Christian philosopher, I'll call him a philosopher because that's basically uh, what he was. Uh, he, uh, he he said that when we lose the Christian consensus, uh, we will be thrown. Uh, into chaos, and he is right. Uh, he didn't say it in those words, but that's the implication of his writings. Uh, and he could see in his time that we were losing the Christian consensus and what that would bring. It would bring a harvest of pain and uh, and trouble and rebellion, actually. Yeah, very true. Um, I remember Francis Schaeffer, and he kind of gained some popularity back when I was uh, quite a bit younger now. <laughs> Wrote some interesting books, you. you know, and um, he was a good man. Um, culture. Yes, I like the way you characterize it by our culture being in confusion, even a total confusion. Um, the other day I was talking with somebody and they, they mentioned um, one of the goals of some groups to uh, have a another constitutional convention, and I wouldn't be opposed to that. However, I'd be opposed to it right now, because without a revival and a reformation of the land, I would fear that what came out of such a convention would be worse than what we have right now with our Constitution. Uh, that's right, because faith is deeper than culture, <laughs> and you have, to get the, you have to get that right before you can get your culture right. Culture... Uh, uh, Richard Niebuhr had a, has a wonderful little definition. He was a, a writer in the 30s to the 50s, a theologian, and a very brilliant man who taught at Yale. And he defined culture uh, uh, in such a way that it's, it's very p- practical. A culture is the way we build our lives. 
essentially. It's the way we build our lives. And uh, you can't build your lives rightly without building in the light of who God is and what he has done for us. And so, yes, you're absolutely right. I I agree with that 100%. Uh, uh, Culture, he says, is the secondary foundation that we lay or organize over nature. Mm. And and we can't organize that right until we get uh, uh, the hierarchy right. God, uh, uh, and then human beings, and it can't be the reverse. No. Human beings and then God. No. Or no God. Right, right. Um, An article I was reading today um, cited an important passage in the Bible, uh, and it was when... um, the Lord was speaking to the exiles in Babylon uh, regarding their obligations. And um, I'm going to read it. It comes from Jeremiah 19, 5 through 7. It, it seems like it applies nicely uh, in our case today. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. And I thought, wow, that. I didn't even realize that was there in the script. <laughs> the scripture shows you how little I know. Well, isn't that a, isn't that a powerful passage? It's wonderful. Uh, it is. It is. That, that that is wonderful. I have I, I I knew that passage, but I haven't heard it in a long time. <laughs> so um, while everything collapses around us, and in in this case, those exiles in Babylon, uh, they kind of had some marching orders laid out for them, uh, kind of like. The basic stuff of life. You build your house. You live in it. You plant your gardens. You eat your produce. You take your wife and have sons and daughters, and you see them have sons and daughters. And you see your your clan multiply <laughs> for God's glory. Don't let it decrease. And then also, you bless the city. Uh, you know, you, you, you seek the welfare of the city where God has placed us. And you pray to the Lord on that city's behalf for their welfare which in turn comes right back on your head in terms of welfare for you. So it was it was very rich. Well, that is a, that is an important passage, and uh, uh, it is a reminder uh, that we just kind of keep our head down, do the right thing before God, and it <laughs> yeah. will influence those around us. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, one of the great things years ago, you were at Westminster Church, and. Um, now and then you would cover like a creed, and you would you would emphasize that one of the basic creeds of the church and one of the earliest of creeds was Jesus is Lord. That's very profound to let that sink in and know it in your own life. And if Jesus is Lord, that means that, quote-unquote, Caesar is not. And that's really important. For those of us who have an interest in politics as Christians— I think it's important for the people we talk with to realize whether they do or not. I don't know, but uh, we don't 
we don't hold up politics or any politician as as uh, godlike. We hold up Jesus Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Well, you can't build the right foundation or culture unless that is is the that's the dividing line. Uh, you know, it's 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 the uh, option that uh, Joshua gave the people. Yes. Uh, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You know, that is a great creed. That's the, that's the earliest creed for Christians. It's in the Bible. Jesus is Lord. And out of that, other creeds were built, such as the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed, and for my tradition, the Westminster Confession of Faith. Yeah. And so uh, it's, they're just elaborations of that one uh, little phrase, Jesus is Lord, uh, as uh, that folk singer, I can never remember his name from Minnesota. Uh, he's very famous, but he he wrote a, a, a folk song. You're going to serve somebody, <laughs> yeah. and if you're not serving the right person, uh, then everything else is going to go wrong. And that's that's the God who has created all things for His own glory, yeah. and who sent His Son as a demonstration of His love for us and for our salvation. So. We have a crisis of values and standards today because we have become what I'll call terrestrial animals, reverting to a state of nature because we've forgotten heaven and its claim upon us. Oh, yeah. That is uh, heaven representing God. Yeah. We've turned to the earth to find our values, and we discover uh, that uh, nature, in one sense, is red in tooth and claw. And and we are seeing that played out in our society at this point and around the world. Mm. You know, I'm a, a a fan somewhat of Thomas Hobbes. He was a philosopher. Uh, uh, I, I think he was he lived from uh, all in the 17th century, mainly. And he wrote a, a famous work called Leviathan. And in that work, there are several several quotes. Uh, that I just copied down, knowing that we, I didn't know what we were going to talk about, but uh, they, they certainly fit here. Let me just read three of his quotes. Sure. Uh, he says, hell is truth seen too late. Mm. And when we enter into untruth, we really enter into a kind of hell here on earth. He's the one, by the way, is quoted often, who said knowledge is power. That's true. And he had in mind more than just what human beings through reason uh, could understand. He yes. also was talking about divine revelation in one mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, uh, in a state of nature where we forget God, uh, the condition of man is a condition of war, of uh, a condition of war against everyone against everyone. And look at this world today, what we are in. You know, if we were to calculate here today what is going on in our world and stack it up, we would see uh, trouble. Uh, suffering, turmoil, confusion, uh, all around the world. In fact, he's the one who, who, who gave this famous quote. He says, life uh, in this kind of condition, apart from God, apart, uh, apart from uh, the light, how we organize ourselves and build properly, he says, life is nasty, brutish, and short. Mm. And you know, our, our, uh, our uh, life, uh, expectancy has gone down, you know. No, I hadn't heard that. Uh, in this country. It's going down gradually, and it, it, it's going down as we see all of what is going on in our public schools, uh, in our culture, the drug-taking, 
the sexualizing of society at every level, uh, the corruption that's going on. Uh, yes, the life expectancy of human beings uh, in, in, in America is going down, and I think it is for the world. Mm, that, that's an amazing fact. Well, today we're talking with Dr. John Vance. Uh, he was the former pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern, New York, and now lives in West Virginia. And uh, we'll take a quick break here. Pastor Vance, you are living in West Virginia, and how do you like it there? Oh, uh, we love it. Uh, we are living in what I would call God's creation. <laughs> <laughs> we live we live at about uh, 2,500 to 3,000 feet, so it's cool in the summer. It's a wonderful, beautifully cool day today. And uh, we had a hard storm last night that, mm-hmm. that came through and brought some cool weather. But we did get up into the 80s last week, and uh, it's rarely we get up to 87, 88. Uh, we were that, but... Uh, things are so lush, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to live where I am. We live in the mountains and it's lush and beautiful and, uh, the air is clean and it's wonderful to stand on my back, uh, porch, uh, uh with surrounded by ferns and flowers and take a big, <laughs> deep breath and enjoy the mountains. Well, I, I think our listeners can imagine themselves there with you today. <laughs> Um, Pastor Vance is a dear friend of the ministry. He's also a board member. Uh, We're talking today about culture and some of the cultural woes that we have, and and yet there's hope. Um, I sense that um, just by reading comments online and emails and that sort of thing, people are not only just very frustrated, you know, the Christian people, um, but there's a good sense of discouragement. And um, I do not think that God wants us to get discouraged. Um, we have to know we have to know where to go, and that's to the Lord, obviously, when we when we get these bouts of depression, discouragement, uh, cast downness. <laughs> uh, any advice for our listeners who may be going through these emotions? Well, I, my, my devotional uh, passage today, uh, I, I sometimes have my devotions in the morning and sometimes in the evening. Unfortunately, it's never set, but I try to spend uh, some portion of the day uh, at some point where it's most convenient for me, but anyway, to have my uh, time reading the Scripture and praying uh, uh, particularly. Uh, but I've been reading Psalm 50, and the Psalm of Asaph, Asaph is an interesting uh, character. He was uh, probably the choir director uh, in the temple, and and he had uh, uh, oversight of that. And he wrote, I think, 12 psalms. Most of them are in, in book three of the psalms. Uh, there, are, there are five books of psalms, if you ever notice your Bible sometimes. They, they, they show you that and demonstrate that. But he wrote uh, in Psalm 50, which is in uh, uh, book two, he wrote a psalm, uh, a psalm of Asaph, the mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Mm. And it reminds me that God does not forget us, but we forget him. Yeah. And this psalm is really, in some sense, about that. But I like the way he concludes. He brings thanksgiving as his sacrifice 
honors me. To him who orders his way aright, I will show the salvation of the Lord. And I think people should not forget that uh, in our faithfulness, God will be faithful to us. And you're right. Uh, uh, we, we must not lose faith or become discouraged because he's still on the throne and will be and is. And in the midst of, of any kind of uh, confusion or fear or whatever, uh, we, God is our, our, our path from fear to faith. Mm. And so we must always uh, stay in the Word to make sure that we, we, we are that. There are a number of things uh, that we we need to do today as Christians, and and one of them is not just an optimism, but be faith-filled and joyful. Uh, We can be, uh, and that is our, if you will, orientation to life, a love of life. Uh, Christians need a true love of life so that they can fulfill that passage you read in Jeremiah, to go about having your children, your grandchildren, your (laughs) great-grandchildren, And set an example for those who who do not have that uh, joy uh, and zeal for life. Amen. And we must not lose it. Amen. Sometimes our grandchildren, quite often, will come over and stay with Nana and Pop Pop, uh, who they call us that. And then as we go to bed at night, um, either myself or usually Deb will pray with them. And often we will pray that God will help them to grow up to be men and women of God. And that's a very important thing to us in our family, that, that the Lord will, will do that for the children. Um, this article I was reading before in, included a number of interesting paragraphs, and he was talking about the, uh, the clash between worldviews and how that it's increasingly divergent. And uh, he points out, something I thought was neat. He says, uh, we find ourselves in an increasingly divergent clash, not of nationhood, but of ultimate worldviews. Um, certainly the accusation of, quote, Christian nationalism, unquote, fails to do justice to the Christian vision. The goal of the Christian faith is not social control, but recognition of the cosmic lordship of God, the creator and redeemer, over all things, including all nature and all nations. And, uh, you know, whether we wanted it or not, let's say you're an atheist, um, God is still in control and, and Jesus is still Lord. Uh, whether you want that or not, it's just just a cosmic fact. Well, we have a, 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 another way to put that uh, is, is a crisis of values. Of course, I mentioned that earlier. But uh, Christian nationalism is highly misunderstood uh, to to uh, the secular mind. Uh, it's 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 a boogeyman. Uh, <laughs> they're scared to death of Christian nationalism. It, it, now, there may be some extreme people. Uh, don't get me wrong, there is in every movement. Sure. Uh, there, may, there may be some extreme people. But basically, Christian nationalism is simply a patriot who loves his country but also loves the Lord right. and is trying to live that out in his or her life. Um, and even some among Christians, I've heard them criticize. A, a good friend of mine who's an extremely well-known pastor, I won't mention his name, of course, uh, has preached sermons against Christian nationalism. Now, this guy is solid in many and various ways, 
and I'm not sure that he's uh, he hasn't just simply uh, trying to to uh, reassure uh, the secular mind or the atheistic mind that Christians are not out to to uh, destroy them or whatever. Mm. But uh, I don't know why he's doing this. But anyway, uh, we need to get back and teach what Harry Blameyers, a an English uh, uh, theologian of, of about 50 years ago, he wrote a book called The Christian Mind. And we need to re-educate the Christian as to the way to think. Uh, we say, well, we teach people how to think. We do that, too. That's very important. But there are times when we teach people what to think, like our children. Uh, they need direction. We need to teach our children how to live, not just give them options to live. Uh, there is a good life. There is a good way to think. And uh, I, I've been having, I, I live in an area where there is a dearth of Christian teaching. Uh, a lot of people claim to be Christians. But what I've noticed, I would love to go into some of these churches and spend six months teaching the Apostles' Creed. Yes. The Apostles' Creed is just simply a summary of the Bible and what it teaches. And if we go through something like that and go through and show what the Bible overall teaches, it helps us to develop our thinking aright. It helps us to order our lives properly. Now, we still have to have the motivation to do it, but you, you really, all the motivation in the world is no good if you don't know what to be motivated toward mm. or what the goal is. And the, uh, the Apostles' Creed would be a wonderful way to reinstill people what it means to have a, 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 a culture that is rightly ordered. Yeah, that is so good. And um, as you were talking, I my mind drifted just a little bit, and I got thinking also about... Um, you know, we came through this pandemic, and schools were shut down for a while. Churches were shut down. And people um, who cared about their children, they they still wanted to get education for them. So they would go online, They this, that, and the other thing. Some of them ended up going to homeschooling. And um, mm-hmm. even though some some people, I think, wanted to be draconian and, and force their ways upon us, um, it's almost like it's backfired on some folks because now there's a whole new uh, group of folks that are saying, you know what, I think we're going to um, retake education into our own hands because we should have owned it in the first place, and we're going to do a private school, Christian school, um, homeschool, uh, maybe uh, participate with with parents helping other parents, and that that makes me think back to years ago, Pastor Vance in the Hudson Valley of New York State. Uh, you would sometimes lend your expertise to the homeschoolers and help teach courses and teach them things. And um, did you enjoy doing that? Oh, it was a wonderful experience. I taught. Uh, some classical things. I, I, even with adults, I read uh, Dante's Inferno. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, that's quite a, quite a, a stiff assignment, but it was, it was worth it. But, but no, I taught uh, I taught Greek uh, to some of the uh, students. Hey. I taught uh, art art history to some, which I'm interested in. I taught art history to some. I taught uh, uh, the history of philosophy to some. Uh, 
you know, most of this has been Christian up until about 200 years ago. Oh, yeah. So uh, it, it's a great way to introduce uh, the, the impact that Christianity has had on the Western world, and it's amazing. No, I enjoyed it immensely. It, it, it helped to augment those homeschool families that, that needed maybe something in an area that they couldn't do. Yeah. And I could help out, and it was a great joy to me. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think our our daughter and daughter-in-law attended some kind of a group the other night uh, for homeschooling where they would kind of partner together and help each other. And I am just so delighted to see something like that just developing organically uh, from the from the bottoms up. And you know this great big great big statism thing, this monster of statism, they can't do too much when when it when it bubbles up from the ground. They they can't really control it. It must frustrate them. And uh, I kind of chuckle at that. It's 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 kind of well, funny to me. The, the Christians, uh, uh, the Christian has to be very wary today about how their children are educated. Uh, the 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 uh, unions, the, the 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 educational unions, uh, have have practically destroyed education. Yes, as much as any group. I mean, it comes from many many sides. I was in uh, Charleston the other day. Uh, I had to go to the dentist, and I went there, and it's 90 miles away, but I drove in uh, with my wife <clears throat> and uh, uh, went to the dentist. And, uh, and then uh, afterwards, I, my wife had to do some things, and so I went to the bookstore, a big bookstore, and I saw a, 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 a display, and on the front was Pete Hegseth's book, which I was surprised to see in a secular bookstore. Uh, and, and a lot of, uh, of Fox News writers, a big display, it kind of shocked me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have not read uh, Pete Hegseth, if you know who he is. He's a Fox uh, contributor. Uh, he has written a book on, on Christian education. I have not read it. Oh. But I think that it might, and I'm not pumping a book here or, or whatever, but uh, I think that Things like that are very important, that, uh, that young families in particular are going to have to get straight on how to educate their children in today's society. It's extremely important, and that may be a tool that gets them started, uh, but, but the, the, the uh, secondary school education is, has followed the universities and colleges and become a hostile place uh, for Christians and, their, and Christian values, and, and it's it's where the rubber meets the road today is how you're going to educate your children. You bet. Absolutely. With that, I see we're out of time. Our guest today has been Pastor John Vance. And uh, Pastor Vance, I want to thank you for joining us. And we wish God's richest blessings on your life and, and keep up the good work there in West Virginia. Thank you very much, Dan. It's been a pleasure to be with you and your audience. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.